Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, it's time for some Mark Shifley talk. We break down what a potential trade might look like and who the top suitors in the NHL just might be. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right. Hope you guys had a great long weekend. I certainly enjoyed mine. Maybe a little too much Saturday, but we're, we're still chugging along, so it's all good. Had a great time celebrating my old man's birthday at the cabin, so that's why there was no episode to start the week, but I'm coming back with a vengeance here, and what better way to do that during a sleepy Jets off-season day, now that Trot's watch has quieted down for a little bit, but what better way to get back into it than to talk about the hot-button topic from this previous campaign and what it means for the club moving forward this year. And that, of course, involves Mark Shifley. Now, we spoke in depth near the end of the season, beginning of the offseason, about you know the, the few highs and the many lows of 55, both this year and the last couple, to be honest. But, I mean, really how everything was greatly magnified this season more so than years past. And I came to the conclusion that, you know, for a number of different reasons... It's time to move on from Mark Shifley. The damage done in that room is too great, and I, I just don't think this team will ever take the step forward that they desperately crave without accountability. And, and if that's the case, then the significant change needs to start with Mark Shifley himself. I'm not going to wade into that argument again. I already did it, one. And, and two, I feel like everybody's said in their opinion one way or the other, right? They either want him here to stay or they want him gone, so... There's not a lot of interest to continue that debate for for this episode, at least. But what I haven't seen a whole lot of chatter about is probably the most interesting thing and the most important thing in this whole situation. And that's, what does a trade for Mark Shifley look like? Because we can sit here and say he should go, he shouldn't go, but that's a pretty massive part of the equation, right? What's a trade for Mark Shifley look like, and what would the return, most importantly, be for the Winnipeg Jets? So that's where we're going to go for this episode. Now, despite all the negativity surrounding Shifley off the ice and his game on the ice, 
Let's face it, there's still going to be a tremendous amount of interest in his services if he is available this offseason. Hasn't demanded a trade just yet, but, I mean, come on, we all saw that end-of-the-year press conference. We, I think we know where this thing is likely to be headed. Uh, the fact of the matter is, a lot of GMs, and, and maybe most of them out there, are, are going to look at Mark Shifley if he's on the trade block, and they're not going to see a flawed player the same way that maybe Jets fans would. They're going to look at him and see a point-per-game center with a manageable salary for two seasons. Hell yes, I want that guy on my team, <laughs> right? Like, hey, the defensive side, that, don't worry. That's that's a future problem. We'll worry about that one a little bit down the road, but we'll take that high-end offense for six mil. Thank you very much for the next two years. Plus, look, everybody thinks that they can be the guy or the team that can fix a talented player, right? It's like that in every sport, right? Just it, once he gets into our building, we're going to fix him, and that's not going to be an issue over here, right? So taking all that into consideration here, I think the Jets are still going to get a pretty decent bidding war going on, and you know what? That's really the main thing in terms of leveraging the most out of a difficult situation like this. So before we get to the return, let's first take a look at the teams that would likely be involved at a Mark Shifley trade sweepstakes. I've got 10 here. There might be more, but I'm going to limit it to 10. We've got the five main contenders and then five maybes. So we'll start with the latter. Teams that, you know, certainly will kick the tires on this, but for one reason or another are, are probably really unlikely to ultimately pull the trigger on a deal. The first two teams kind of find themselves in the same boat. That would be teams that are desperate for high-end talent, but it maybe doesn't necessarily fit the timeline of where the franchise is going. And that would be the Detroit Red Wings and the New Jersey Devils. I mean, you look at their rosters, obviously there's a lack of high-end offensive talent. I mean, maybe it would be a better fit on Detroit's side of things because there's some uncertainty with Dylan Larkin, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent one year from now. There's that side of it. The other side as well, though, is there's just not a whole lot behind Dylan Larkin down the middle. I mean, you got Raymond, who's, I was going to say Mason Raymond, Lucas Raymond, who's, who's going to be a star, but he's out there on the wing. There's not really a whole lot. And if Pius, Pius Sutter is your second line center, man, you know what? You're, you're definitely going to reach in and see what the price might be for Mark Shifley. But ultimately, I, I just don't know if the fit is there quite yet for the Red Wings. But you never know, Stevie might, Stevie White might try to pull a fast one on Chevy. I think they have to be in the equation. I think the same thing goes for the New Jersey Devils, who are more set down the middle, but are certainly looking for an upgrade inside their top six. Obviously, with Hughes and Heeshear, they're going to be set down the middle for the next little while. But it doesn't necessarily mean New Jersey's out of the Mark Shifley sweepstakes. They might like him as a winger with those, or maybe... Shifley boots Heeshear to the way you know what I mean like they might be in a mold of let's just try to get as many talented players here as possible and we'll figure the rest out later again I don't necessarily see Shifley being the right fit for New Jersey but I do feel like the Devils are going to be more aggressive in, in giving up potential future pieces to bring somebody that can help them win sooner than later so keep an eye on them, but not necessarily expecting them to get into this. And, and that's, you know, on an aside, kind of an intriguing thought idea 
for GMs around the league. If, if they look at somebody like Mark Shifley, maybe they view him as a winger. You know, maybe there's a team out there that's deep down the middle but needs some high-end talent on the wing. And they look at a guy like him and say, hey, I mean, worst case scenario, he's our third lights. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he gives us way too much depth down the middle. But we can throw him in any of the top two lines out there on the wing. He's shown he can play there and, and have success before. And, and maybe that's how we go about building our team. So it's just something to keep in mind. Um, now, I said 10 teams. I'll throw 11 in here because there's two wild cards. That's the New York Islanders and the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't realistically think they're going to make a deal for Mark Shifley. But from the Islanders side of things, Lou Lamorello just let Barry Trotz walk out the door. So you, you never know. Maybe, maybe you just ask about Matt Barzell if, if Lou's in a mood that day. And then maybe you can pull a fast one on him. Um, and, and Vegas, hey, if there's a high-end guy available, Vegas is going to check in. And, and maybe they move on from Michael after what. Right? Like, look, it's not going to happen with either of those two teams. But you kind of also have to just throw them in the mix because they're always after guys like Mark Shifley. Um, the final two teams in the maybes... Vancouver is somebody that I want. I, I just I wonder what direction the Canucks want to go in this offseason. You know, a new regime, a chance to make a stamp on their team. Maybe they look to shake things up a little bit by bringing in a guy like Mark Shifley, who's got more term than, say, a JT Miller, for example. And it's crazy, too, because a few years ago, if you said trade Shifley for JT Miller, you'd, you'd be laughed out of the room. But JT Miller is a 99-point guy this past season. He's outproduced Mark Shifley offensively, despite that being Mark Shifley's calling card. So maybe it's not that outlandish of an idea. The other name, too, which I don't know why there's just so many whispers about Elias Pettersson and, and the Vancouver Canucks and, and them maybe not being on on the best of terms, I guess. That one's more of a wild card, but... I, I just I think Vancouver has to be thrown into the mix here because they've got some intriguing names on the wing and down the middle. And if you're looking for maybe a one for one swap, maybe the Canucks would be a team that could surprise everybody and, and find their way amongst the contenders. Now, the final maybe team might be a name that surprises you, but I, I'm going to put the Washington Capitals in there. And it's Washington with a major caveat. And, and that would just be if Nick Backstrom retires. I mean, it does not sound good for him. He mentioned after the after the playoff loss to the Panthers that his hip is just it sucks and it's hard for him to it's hard for him to move outside of the rink, let alone play at the NHL level. So if Backstrom is forced out of the season, maybe it seemed like the Capitals who don't have a whole lot of runway left with Ovechkin and all their guys that are on the wrong side of 30, maybe if if he's out, they can make an aggressive move for somebody like Mark Shifley to fill the void that Backstrom leaves. Just a thought, I, you know, I, I don't really anticipate that happening, and I don't think Washington has the assets to make a move like that work. You know, not a lot of prospect power there, kind of a late first-round pick, which doesn't hold a lot of intrigue. Just a name to keep your eye on if, if Nick Backstrom has to unfortunately call it quits due to his hip injury. So those are your five maybes, teams that we need to keep an eye on, but likely not in the final running for Mark Shifley. Now, who are the contenders? And most importantly, what are they giving up? That's the main thing that we got to get to in this episode. I'll unveil the final five teams that will be most likely to be in the running in a Mark Shifley trade. And we'll do that in just a sec. But quickly here, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. 
because with the Stanley Cup playoffs on and the conference finals right around the corner, DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer for you on the table where new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and you get $100 in free bets, win or lose. That's right. Five bucks on the table gets you $100 no matter how good or bad you are at picking bets. You could also look to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with same-game parlays. And a reminder as well that DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's get into it here. You want to hear the five teams involved, and I want to watch the third period of Flames Oilers super quickly here. So let's get right to it. We'll go in alphabetical order of teams. We'll take a look at the trade packages that they would potentially give up for Mark Shifley, and then I think it would be good to do a ranking of the most attractive package who the teams are that Chevy should be zeroing in on if this becomes a reality. And the five teams that I have as the contenders to make some noise in the Mark Shifley sweepstakes are the Boston Bruins, the Carolina Hurricanes, the LA Kings, the New York Rangers, and the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't know how much of a surprise is necessarily in there, But to me, they really do stand above the rest when you talk about potential needs. And on top of it, the fact that they can give some pretty interesting packages. So let's take a look at it here. And we'll start with the Boston Bruins. And I mentioned we're going alphabetical order. But with Boston, it's an interesting one. Because to me, they have the greatest need for a high-end center out of all the teams that are listed here. And I'll explain why in just a sec. But they would also give the most underwhelming package. So I I don't really have a good sense of if they're really going to threaten the other four teams that I have as contenders here. But let's take a look and see what they have to offer. The reason why Boston has the biggest need, and I think what was evident in their loss to the Carolina Hurricanes, is they don't have a number two guy behind Patrice Bergeron with the retirement of David Krejci. But even more so, they might not have a Patrice Bergeron behind Patrice, right? Like Bergeron, it it sure sounded like Bergeron was on the verge of retiring rather than coming back for another run with the Boston Bruins. So, I mean, if there's no Bergeron, maybe they blow the whole thing up in Boston if he's not there anymore. But when you talk about needs down the middle, there might be no, and especially as a playoff team, there might be no one out there that has a bigger need than the Boston Bruins right now. So I think 100% they would be one of the teams most heavily interested, especially because they were teams that were in on Tomas Hurdle, Ryan Getzlaff at the past trade deadline, trying to find a guy down the middle. And I think that gets amplified even more going into this season. Plus, the Bruins might, (laughs) might be the most structured team over the past decade in the entire NHL. And, you know, I, I don't fault them for thinking that we bring Mark Scheifele over here and his defensive issues are going to be a thing of the past. The problem for the Bruins side of this, though, is do they have enough to get a deal like this done? Because they don't have a lot of high-end prospects. They might not have a single high-end prospect to be 
completely honest with you. I mean, maybe a Fabian Lysel, who's a 19-year-old winger, but compared to some of these other teams, I don't know if that necessarily matches up. They don't have a lot of high-end talent to give up in a deal, right? Like, there's not a surplus of it going around because they're not going to move out Pasternak or a McAvoy, for example, right? Like, it's, it's just not going to happen. So... It's why I don't think a trade necessarily happens with the Bruins, unless maybe a third team gets looped in somehow, which just doesn't happen too often in the NHL. Because when I look at the Bruins roster, to me, the trade that they would propose to Winnipeg would be centered around defenseman Matt Grizzlick, winger Jake DeBrusque, and a first-round pick. That that's they that's kind of the the prototypical big name trade in the NHL, right? Where you get let's just call it a, a high-end NHL roster player, another younger guy, and then a first-round pick thrown in for good measure. I, I just don't think that's going to be enough compared to what the other teams have to offer. I And I love Matt Grizzlick. I, I think he's a really good defenseman. But he's not a top pair. Like, he's not a number one guy. He's played well with Charlie McAvoy in the past. But, you know, how, how much of that is Charlie McAvoy being a, a top 10 defenseman, Right. And Jake DeBrusque, who he's got flashes at times, but he's not a top-line winger, best suited in a middle six role. So it's one of those deals where a team kind of trades some of their spare parts for a high-end option on another team. And and those, those packages don't really interest me all that much. So that's what I think Boston offers. Unless they find a way to rope another team into this, I think ultimately they're going to be lagging behind what some of these other clubs have to offer moving on then we'll start with the Carolina Hurricanes who are the most intriguing team of this bunch for me because they're the best one (laughs) it's not very often that a team of their caliber likely conference finalist would be in the market to make an upgrade of that magnitude but for a few reasons I think we'll see them get aggressive here one they are aggressive (laughs) they're not afraid to go out there and make the big splash and, and two is, this really fits perfectly with what their window is right now. Because, and let's face it, assuming they lose in the conference finals or the cup finals to either Tampa Bay or a team out west, their window to win is right now. They're, they're not an old team, but it really is working together nicely for them. They've built a nice nucleus there. And they want to continue to take steps further and further into the postseason. One way to do that would be adding a dynamic scoring punch behind Sebastian Ajo. Plus, Vincent Trocek is an upcoming UFA, so there would be an open spot on the roster for Mark Scheifele to fit in there. While it would be nice to have a a Jacob Slavin or even a Brett Pesci loaded in a deal, I don't foresee that happening. To me, this is... It's kind of an easy one to make, in all honesty. I, I think when you look at Carolina's roster... What Winnipeg is looking for, to me, the Hurricanes and the Jets could work together on a package that would be Martin Nikash and a first-round pick for Mark Shifley. The The nice thing is, if, if Nikash is involved, I can finally figure out how to say his last name because I, I feel like I'm good with names. I, just, I still don't know if it's Nekash, Nikash, Nekis, whatever it is. Either way, though, the kid's a hell of a player. And this would in a neat way, mirror the Jacob Truba trade in a lot of ways for the Winnipeg Jets, where you're selling the best player in the deal, a guy that you don't think is going to be around your organization much longer, and you get his younger replacement 
and then a pick to maybe fulfill or you know fill in that gap in your organization and, and maybe have that player come in and you know take over a role in, in three or four years, right? Because Truba for Pionk and ultimately Hanela, maybe it's Shifley for Nekash and Connor Geeky. You know, like so, something along those lines. So it's it's kind of a it would be interesting just looking at Chevy's trade history that he's done this before at a different position. He can maybe make it two for two by going in on a trade with Carolina for Martin Nikash, who had a great season last year, 41 points in 53 games, dropped off a fair amount this year, 40 points in 78 games. He's an upcoming RFA, only 23 years old. So that would be, it would be kind of an, I, I like this one because you're building for the future, but you're not rebuilding, right? And you go down the middle with Dubois and Nikash for the future. You can win now still, I think, with that duo. But it's a group that would really be imposing two years down the line. I think a lot of people are going to be on board with the potential Carolina package and what they have to offer. Now, if you're more interested in the futures and, and maybe getting a little bit younger and, you know, taking a step back this upcoming year to make a couple of steps in the years to come... These next two teams are going to be the ones for you. And that would be the New York Rangers and the LA Kings. Some people might say, ah, I don't know if they're necessarily in this point of their rebuild to look at something like this. But let's remember, they were both heavily in on Jack Eichel when he was available. And while Mark Scheifele is, is probably a downgrade from Jack Eichel at his peak, if you're after Eichel one offseason, I don't think you would shy away from making a move for Mark Scheifele the next offseason. I, I, I just think both of those teams are going to be really aggressive. Teams that were on the rise this year with a young group that maybe want to take the next step this upcoming season. So I think they're going to be aggressive and I think they would heavily, heavily be involved if Mark Scheifele hit the trade market. And the other intriguing part about both these teams is that their most impressive trade package would involve the top two picks of a draft that didn't take place all that long ago. With Los Angeles, it would be Quinton Byfield. With the New York Rangers, it would be Alexis Lafreniere. Neither of those two players have lit it up at the NHL level just yet. They're both insanely young, though, and they've got a lot of time ahead of them. But it's not necessarily a sure thing either, right? Like, there is a decent amount of projection that Byfield or Lafreniere are going to be impact players. I, I mean, we all still think they will, but it's not the guarantee that it might have been when they were taken number one and number two overall. But there's no doubt that like when you're when you're looking to make a trade of a guy that's as talented offensively as Mark Shifley is, you want to get high-end talent back. You don't want to you don't want spare parts, you know. <laughs> I mentioned the Bruins as contenders, but but you don't want guys that are, oh, you know what, there's just a, that's a solid guy and we can fit him in the lineup. Oh, he's gonna pitch in for 50 points next year and, and that'll help us win. You want to try and recoup as much value back as possible. And that's why these ones, I think, are going to be maybe some packages that most fans will gravitate towards. Now, the big thing with, you know, both of these ones is, are the Kings or the Rangers willing to part with the guys they took so high in the draft just a couple seasons into their career? Totally fair. But to, to get, you got to give a little too. And, and I think that's going to be Kevin Chivaldeyev's main priority with those two teams. If it comes to that, it's to try to make Byfield or Lafreniere options and honestly if, if they were available to me it's just a straight up one for one 
Now, maybe you need to throw some salary Winnipeg's way to make Shifley fit. But in all honesty, we're talking about a one-for-one swap. Lafreniere for Shifley. Quinton Byfield for Shifley. I'm sure the Kings specifically would rather go the Gabe Velarde or Alex Turcotte route and throw in, you know, a couple of picks and maybe a roster player. I mean, Gabe Velarde is an intriguing player because he's he's done pretty well scoring-wise at the AHL as a youngster. But that would feel like a pretty major downgrade to the potential that a Quinton Byfield could offer you. So that's going to be a couple of really, really intriguing names to keep an eye on just because it's so, so rare to get those high-end guys at the top of the draft. And on top of it, it's rare to get those ELCs, even if they're only 20, 21 years old. Like to get that, and if they potentially explode this upcoming season, the value for that is just through the roof. Now, the final team, I mean, I yeah, regrettably, I got to talk about my Flyers here, and I'll do it quickly. The reason why I bring the Flyers into this is twofold. The first would be from Philadelphia's perspective. Chuck Fletcher, the GM there, said that his main priority moving forward with this team and trying to get them back into contention is to bring as much high-end talent into the group as possible. Mark Shifley certainly fits that mold. They've got Sean Couturier there as well, so there's no major pressing need for for Shafley to turn around his defensive game anytime soon because Couturier is going to be the one doing most of the heavy lifting there, right? So you you talk about a team that would be desperate to bring in high-end talent. Philadelphia certainly fits that mold. The second reason, though, is that I have, under pretty good authority, that the Jets and Flyers have been in trade talks in the past that petered out, but there was certainly interest on both sides when it came to high-end talent being available. Unfortunately, in, in my case, a certain Finnish winger went in a different location than heading to the city of brotherly love. But I do know the Winnipeg Jets, maybe not, maybe infatuated is too strong a word, but they do appreciate and like the game of Ivan Provorov. So take that for what you will. I don't think this would be a one-for-one situation necessarily, but it is intriguing too that Ivan Provorov makes, I believe, $6.75 million per season. Mark Shifley makes, I believe, $6.125 million per season. So when you talk about a cap world, difficult to make trades, all that garbage GMs love to trot out there, this is kind of a salary in, salary out situation. And while it doesn't fit... Doesn't necessarily fit an immediate need for the Winnipeg Jets. If if you're Chevy and you think Provorov is a number one defenseman, you need a guy like that. And if it costs you Mark Shifley to give up, then maybe that's the price you pay to pull the trigger and you try to find a number two centerman either in free agency or in a separate trade, right? Or or you give Cole Perfetti a chance down the right. Like that that's why there could be something brewing there between the Flyers and the Jets. Although I do wonder if maybe a bigger trade might be in the works if those two teams get into it where there might be four or five or six pieces going each way. So that's that's what I think would be the most likely return, looking at the contending teams in a potential Mark Shifley trade. Now, which ones would be the most intriguing? Which ones would you want to see the Winnipeg Jets pull the trigger on the most when it comes to the five teams that I mentioned there? That's kind of all that matters here. So let's do a quick rankings here. I'll start at the bottom just because I think it's the most obvious. To me, the Boston Bruins would be 
the least attractive proposal. They have the biggest need, but unless they pull some other shenanigans, I just don't think they have the firepower to compete with these other teams. So I'll put the Boston Bruins at fifth in the Mark Shifley trade rankings. They are then followed up by the Philadelphia Flyers, who I think, like, they have an intriguing proposal, but I don't know... Look, the, the Jets need a number one defenseman, but if you trade Mark Shifley to get it, then you need a number one or a number two sediment to fill that role, right? Like you're 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 filling one hole but creating another. That that's just the the conundrum that would take place if the Flyers wanted to take the plunge there. I don't imagine Kevin Hayes wants to head back to Winnipeg anytime soon, uh, but I I do wonder just philosophically if there's a fit between those two teams with what's being offered there. So it wouldn't be a bad trade necessarily, but I'd be more intrigued with the other three teams that we talked about. I would put the New York Rangers with the third best proposal for Mark Shifley. And, and really the only reason they'd be behind, you know, Carolina and LA, obviously, is the fact that if it was Alexis Lafreniere, if it was Capo Caco, those two players are wingers. That, that, that's really it. You know, there's a ton of, I, I really like the idea, if the Rangers want to go all in and, and go after Mark Shifley, of a swap for Lafreniere, just because he might be that rare star winger that can elevate a line all on his own. You don't necessarily need a high-end centerman to drive that line. With with what we saw from him in juniors, he could be a guy that drives his own line. He could be, but he, he certainly isn't a guarantee just yet, which is why I have the Rangers behind both Carolina and Los Angeles. So which team would have the better offer, in my opinion? I don't know if this would surprise you, but I would lean towards the LA Kings for me. The LA Kings would be the team that I would go with as the most attractive trade proposal in a Mark Shifley move. And that would only be if the trade involved Quinton Byfield. That might be a non-starter for the LA Kings. If that's the case, thanks for coming. There's the door. We don't need to hold discussions too much longer. If, if Quinton Byfield is part of that trade, and, and really it would be a borderline one-for-one swap, I'm ready to pull the trigger on that one. I, you know, he had 10 points in 40 games this past season. He's only 19 years old, and you watch him out there, and the kid, the kid looks like it's just about to burst. Like you can tell it when, if, and when he puts it all together, he's really going to be a special player. I'm not saying he's going to be this guy, but physically, he reminds me a lot of of, of Getty Malkin. He's like when you have a six foot four guy that can skate like the wind, the skill that he has, his hands are great, a, an unbelievable shot. The potential for me is just way, way too much to pass up on. And you know what? The Jets might take a step back this upcoming season, although, you know, you can make the case there, there's not too much to step back from, <laughs> right? But while the team may lose some competitiveness in the future or in the present, I think it more than makes up for it in the future. On top of it, too, there's a chance if, if Byfield breaks out and becomes a 70-point guy right away, then things get really interesting here in Winnipeg. And you get some cap space opened up, right? Like, uh, there to me, there's a lot more upside than there is downside to it. And that would make Quinton Byfield my number one target if I was running the Winnipeg Jets. But having said that, too, if Carolina stepped to the table and it was Marty Nikash and a first-round pick, I'm feeling pretty good about that trade too. <laughs> I don't think Nikash's ceiling is obviously as high 
as Byfield's is, but his floor is is certainly higher because at his best, he's shown he can be a 60-point centerman in the NHL. That that's a, There's a ton of value in that. And he comes from the Rod Brindamore, you know, coaching tree, right? Like he knows how to play hockey well, being with the Hurricanes. That would be a pretty damn good fallback option. So for me, my rankings, I got the LA Kings with Quinton Byfield at number one, followed by Carolina, the Rangers, Philly, and Boston. Would love to know what you guys think about this. And I want to make that a focus on Monday's episode too. I want to know and I want to hear from you, A, what do you think of my thoughts on the rankings and the trade proposals that those teams could potentially throw out there? Do you agree with them? And then most importantly, because I love, 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 love these from fans more than anything, I want to hear your trade proposals. What you would be willing, I, I guess not what you would be willing to give up, but you would be looking to go for. What would you be happy with if the Winnipeg Jets could make happen if they decide that Mark Shifley is going to be moved this upcoming offseason? Please let me know on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewiki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. That'll do it for the episode here, and that'll do it for the week as well. Like I mentioned, we'll come back at it on Tuesday morning, talking about your reactions to the Mark Shifley trade episode, your potential trade proposals, and I think we might need to keep an eye on Trot's watch for this upcoming week because who knows, there might be some big news right around the corner. So we'll touch on that and we might have our conference finals matchup all set as well. Until then, though, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. We'll be back at it on Tuesday morning. Until then, though, enjoy your weekend. Stay safe, everybody. Peace.